Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your host is Becky Olson. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends, and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Becky Olson. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Becky Olson. I'm the co-founder of Breast Friends. I'm also a five-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm a motivational speaker and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And before I introduce my guest today, I want to share, a, you know how every now and then you'll be working, looking at your Facebook page and this something comes across that's memorable and you just want to remember it. So I'm going to put it in posterity forever here today. I'm going to share this. This was a message that came from an organization called LessonsLearnedInLife.com. And it talks about mourning. And it, it said, just simply, mourning is God's way of saying one more time, go make a difference, touch a heart, encourage a mind, inspire a soul, and enjoy the day. And when that came across my feed, I love that so much because it just really gives us permission to start over fresh each day. So no matter what happened the day before, you get another shot at it when morning comes. So don't waste the day. Do something wonderful. Make somebody's life better today, even if it's just for the moment that you're in contact with them. Um, So do that. And with that, I get to introduce my guest today, and I'm very excited We're going to talk about what happens when your partner is your caregiver, and our guest is very, very special to me. He is also my husband of nearly 40 years, Bill Olson. Now, you've met Bill a time or two because he's been a co-host with me as we've introduced, you know, interviewed some other guests, but today I'm going to interview him, and we're going to share some of the teaching moments that that we found, you know, during this battle. And, you know, he's been with me through each and every journey through cancer, and that's that's been five of them. And it's not been easy because there is a thing that, that my friend Fern Carness shared with me, and unfortunately, we lost Fern to, to breast cancer. But she came up with this concept of the ripple effect. And basically what it talks about is the person with, with cancer that's diagnosed with cancer is like that stone in the middle of a, of a pond. And then the ripples go out from there. And the first the first line, that first ring around that patient is the family. It's the husband, it's the children, it's the people that share the most intimate moments with, with the patient. It's right there in their house. They live together. And it's not always an easy thing to do, but he's been with me through through all of that. So today we're going to talk about the cancer's impact on the family and how as a partner you can rally around your loved one. So welcome, Bill, from the other side of the microphone today. <laughs> Good morning, bunny love. <laughs> Thanks, honey. You know, it's kind of funny. I love our little jingle on our show and we're both sitting here dancing in our chairs you know, when the when the jingle was playing. So it's. I hope you all have that same effect that, that does that to you too. So, Bill, thanks for joining me today to talk about this. Can you tell our audience just a little bit about yourself? Well, I can tell you, first of all, I'm nervous. Really? Yes. You You and I both have done a lot of public speaking and even been on uh, different broadcasts and things. I'm nervous. Oh, my gosh. I guess I don't know what you're going to pull on me. Oh, yes, you do. (laughs) You know me really well. Well, um, uh, I guess the first thing is I'm very happily married to a beautiful woman who's brilliant and who's that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, she she paid me to say that. Um, <laughs> no, the beautiful thing about our marriage is that when you're with someone, and then we're coming up on 40 years for our next anniversary, uh, you have 
uh, as Becky will say many times, a roller coaster ride. But roller coasters are as exciting. They can be, yeah. They can be. Yeah. And uh, But the most important thing is a roller coaster uh, ride, we know, in our marriage, um, goes up and down, round and round. <laughs> and the beautiful thing is we've been able to keep our family together, I would say, right now, closer than ever before. And now it includes grandchildren. So what a beautiful life I we're know. having together. And uh, that's what you need to know most about me is that we're sharing, Becky and I are sharing a wonderful adventure together. We're fortunate to be Americans. We're fortunate to be Actually, we're fortunate to be where we are right now. <laughs> yeah, do you want to tell them where we are right well, now? <laughs> we're, we're not in beautiful Oregon, which is rainy and cold at the moment, but uh, we're in beautiful Palm Springs, California, which is, it's a desert, and it's warm, and the pool's warm, and the hot tub's hotter. Yeah. <laughs> everything's beautiful here. We go for long, long walks here. We don't have a car, so we're on foot, and uh, we're just having an exciting, wonderful time in the desert, so it's a beautiful place to be with a beautiful woman. Well, thank you, Billy. Um, you know, let, let's get right to the heart of this because, you know, this is such an important topic and I don't want to run out of time as we kind of mm-hmm. progress through this. But, you know, I've heard with all the stories that, and that I've, you know, all the women that I've worked with over the last, well, see, Breast Friends has been around 20 years. So for the last 20 years, you know, working with Breast Friends, I've talked to a lot of women and, you know, sometimes cancer pulls you closer together and sometimes it can just destroy marriages. And somehow we've made it through this journey five times. So, you know, I was diagnosed the first time in 96. So what was that 20, almost 24 years ago? And and that's 24 of our 40 years of marriage. So what do you think? How have we made it through that? I would go back to the beginning. First of all, you fall in love with someone and we fell in love with each other. That's deeply meaningful. When you choose to get married and you have vows, I really like our more traditional vows that uh, we had. And among those important words are love, honor, and cherish. And of course, in uh, in this current situation and what we face now, this for the f- fifth time together, uh, you're going through cancer. Um, it's in sickness and in health. And so we've had to uh, battle through some challenges physically and emotionally that come along with the trauma of cancer. <clears throat> but I'd say love, honor, and cherish, and a uh, key word there is probably honor. It's an honor to be able to love someone when they're ill. It really is. I never it's thought a duty. of it that way. It's a duty mm-hmm. for a husband or a spouse. And I, th- I think um, that duty, when you step up to it, it's very rewarding. It's, it should be because... It takes two people to make a good marriage, and if there's an illness, it takes many times more than two people to, to go through the healing process, and you certainly have a huge support network around you, but I feel an important part of it. I know all of our children feel that they're important, and they mm-hmm. are very important, and this is the fifth time, and all of our children are important, and now our grandchildren are a part of this, which we talked about earlier. This is the first time for our grandchildren, some of them. Yeah, it is. And so that's a whole new experience for them. We're not done learning ourselves. (laughs) No, we're not. But we are teaching our children right now as we go through this and grandchildren how we think it's important for a married couple and we're a married couple to face uh, these kinds of challenges together. And ultimately, love, honor, and cherish, those are the three words that come to mind right now. Yeah. You know, it's when you say that about our grandkids, when I went through this the first time in 1996, I was 43 years old. We didn't have grandkids, and only two of our children had 
had gotten to the age where they could move out of the house, but we still had three at home. But I remember so clearly hoping that I would live long enough to see them graduate. Well, not only did they graduate, they've all moved on with their lives. Some of them have spouses and there's children involved now. So, so yeah, we got to see them all graduate and we now we get to know some grandchildren and I don't think they're done giving us any. I hope kids, did you hear that? <laughs> we would love as many grandkids as we can possibly have. Um, but we, it, it's been quite, quite a journey. And, you know, when I think about that, it makes me think of hope and how important hope is in this whole process. Well, it makes me think of love. We've had Thanksgiving mm-hmm. together with the kids and they've made trips. Uh, they all live around the country, all over the nation now. And they've made trips home, especially since this most recent diagnosis of yours and spent one-on-one time with yeah. you, which is love and sacrifice. But I think we're just blessed to have yeah. children and grandchildren in our lives. What I'm hearing from you right now is, you know, for, for the patient, for the woman who's in the midst of this right now, is do your best to not isolate yourself. Because when you isolate yourself, you don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to open your heart to what's going on you really exclude the people who care about you. And and I know that, I mean, for me, that's like the opposite of what I would do because it's just me. I like to burden people with my problems. <laughs> but um, but seriously, I know so many women who have kind of chosen to, to take that other side of this where they're strong and they can do it all, but they don't include anybody in the actual journey. And I, I think there's they're, they're missing something when, when they don't let people share in the journey with them. Well, and we're going to focus on how a loved one can be a caregiver, mm-hmm. and especially spouse or significant other, I suppose. Um, not everyone has that luxury in relationship, but when you do, if you're listening right now, it's time, men, if you're a husband, to step up and go to bat and help your wife uh, overcome the obstacles that are going to face her medically. It's a, it's a rewarding experience, I can tell you that. It's not one I wish for you, but it's a rewarding experience to be able to step in and say, I'm going to be a strong supporter of what you need to get through this. And the beautiful thing is if you do have children and you communicate openly with them, they will step up too. People yeah. who love each other do that. Yeah. And it's an opportunity to even repair damages and uh, hurt relationships and families, I believe, to draw closer together and say, okay, that's the small stuff. Yeah. Now here comes the big stuff. What do we need to do to get over this and through this? And as a family, what a tremendous resource that is. Yeah. And a spouse or children and grandchildren now. Bill, do you remember the very yeah. first time I was diagnosed when I called you I, I remember calling and it took me at least six or seven times to dial the phone because I was calling you from my cell phone and I was so distraught I couldn't even see the dial because I had so many tears in my eyes but do you remember that phone call well I'm a rem- I remember the feeling because uh, both of us were so engaged in our professional and our family lives uh, we had so much going on you really don't have time yeah. for a life-threatening illness. Yeah, isn't that the truth? in the middle of all of it. I mean, think about it. We had five kids that we wanted to help get through college. That's a lot of work to save up and get ready for that. And as you said, two were in college already or away from home so that we had a lot of things to support already. And then in the middle of that, we had careers and challenges that come along with that. But the feeling was, oh, no. Oh, no. And then uh, I just remember you were devastated. You were just totally 
knocked off your feet. Yeah. And and people that don't know this about Becky, she's a very outgoing, confident, strong person. So to hear her all of a sudden isolated and alone in her thoughts and feelings and wondering what do I do now, that was a not that was not a good place for us to be initially, nor was it comfortable for us to face. I know when, when I called you before I could get the words out of my mouth, I said something bad happened and you said, oh no, did you lose your job? Because you know I really liked my job back then. And I said, no, I wish it was that. And then you knew it was something really serious because for me to wish it was that I'd lost my job, I mean, it was a good, it was a high paying job. Well, and you and I were joking and laughing about it back then. It was a while ago. Phones were much thicker and bigger, <laughs> but they worked. Yeah. And I remember that when we had cell phones, each of us, and that call came across the line, there was a real heaviness and, and heartfelt, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. And we had to face that together. And uh, it was a tough time for us to, to get to the point where we realized this is a life-threatening illness and we have much work to do immediately if yeah. we're going to get through this. Yeah. And I do remember you wanting to trade places with me. Yeah. You know, you just wanted to make this go away from me and, and put it on you. And, and I do remember that very it's, well. Uh, that's empathy. And I think a lot of people get that with their children or loved ones if something happens to them. And I think it's important to remember for the caregiver, you might really want and wish and pray that you could have their illness put in you and trade places. But the reality is it's their illness and mm-hmm. they're going to have to go through this. So the best thing you can do is support them and you yeah. better start finding out how to do that. We had to learn a lot. Yeah. You know, you mentioned a few minutes ago that we we had three of our five children were still at home, and they were um, they were young ish. Our daughter was fourteen, and then our sons were, I want to say twelve and eleven. I could be a little bit off on that. I always have to do the math to remember things like that. But but that's about how old they were, and. Uh, I remember the day that we told them because we, you know, you go through this process, you don't know, you know, when you're first off, first off, when you first hear the news that you have cancer, you don't know if you're going to be in the group that lives or dies. You don't know. Um, You hope you'll be in the group that lives, but in the very beginning, you don't know. Now, the good news is more people survive than ever before because treatments have gotten so much better. But when you first hear the words you have cancer, most people will make it. Some will not. And you really don't know which group you're going to be in. And we knew we didn't want to tell the children anything until until we figured out which group I was going to be in, right? Do you remember that? Well, that's the hard part <clears throat> is uh, at different ages and different personalities. Mm-hmm. The kids are going to react differently. And we had five children, so and they're in different situations in their life. I think what I remember what was wise of us is we sat down as a family after a few days because you mm-hmm. and I had had an opportunity. Yeah, we're in the middle of a movie. <laughs> talk through this and uh, yeah, put it on pause, or, uh, even turn yeah. the TV off and say, oh, we've got something to talk to you about. And then it got real serious. But the bottom line of that discussion as a family was um, this is a, a huge challenge for all of us and to help your mother and our, our family get through this. We're all going to have to do what we can to help make things less stressful Mm -hmm. and the kids really embrace that and less messy yeah (laughs) five kids running around i remember you said to the kids you go you know what's really going to help mommy now more than anything is is to not be stressed and the things that stress her is when you guys fight 
and when you don't clean up your your messes. So you have to not fight, and you have to clean up your messes. And they're like, okay, daddy, okay, daddy. Well, and they did it. Too. I know it was awesome. Was it, wait, Can we there, pull that card again? Do you think? Well, oh no, yeah. they don't live with us anymore. Never mind. <laughs> but no, it, it, the the children are to be commended. Uh, I said it's a duty of a husband to step up. When the children step up too, there's a reward in it. Mm-hmm. They feel like they're a part of the solution, right? And not. Um, contributing to yeah. something that might be harmful to you. You know, I, I remember so well, Elijah, he's our fourth child. He, uh, every day I would go, every time I went for chemo, he would make a point of coming just before I'd leave and give me this huge hug and tell me he loved me and just wanted me to know that before I go off to, the, to my doctor appointment. And one day in particular, I got all the way out to the car before he realized I was gone. And he leaned his head out the window upstairs and yelled, Mommy, wait, wait, Mommy. And so I came, he came running down the stairs. I rolled down my window and he gave me this this huge hug and and said, I said, I love you. And he just wanted to make sure that he didn't miss that opportunity. And, and I, and I remember that so well. And I just remember Micah getting that and earning that nickname, Mr. Sweet Boy. Yeah. He was our youngest. Yeah. And Beth was so mischievous. She was, <laughs> in a good, in a older, good way. In a good way. In, a, in high school. And she kind of, uh, she kind of did her part to, uh, add humor to your life. She did. You know, there. I don't know if we'll have time to tell it before the break, but she did some really fun things that I can remember to this day. Um, but going back to that moment when we told the kids about it, we were all sitting in the living room watching some swashbuckler movie, family film, and, and Michael looked over at me and he saw me crying. And he said, what's wrong? And I said, oh, it's the sun. It's in my eyes. I wasn't ready to tell them all yet. But uh. the truth was I was... I was thinking about what if this is the last time I get to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so he got up and, tur- and closed the blinds just, but then he looked over and I'm still crying and he goes, okay, now what? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? So we put the movie on pause and that's when we stopped and, huh? and told them, Michael, oh, yeah, Micah kind of got a us young, going that direction. And, young leading. The old. <laughs> and he was our youngest child. But um, anyway, so we had some, some beautiful moments like that. And we're, we're going to go out to break. And when we come back, we'll pick up some more of those beautiful moments and just talk about some of the things that we can do to to help our loved ones through this. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about how partners can support their loved ones through the cancer journey with our guest and my husband, Bill Olson. So, Bill, in that first segment, we were talking a lot about the kids. And, and I do want to share one quick story because we're talking about Beth being a little mischievous. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Still is. <laughs> so when she heard that I was going to be losing my hair within about a week um, after my first chemo, she decided to play a trick on me and she ran to the store with her friends and came back from the store and because I was really sad. I, re- I remember I was sitting on the couch staring at the TV and I was really depressed because I was trying to picture myself, you know, being middle aged and overweight and now I'm going to have this bald head and, and I was picturing that and Beth could see that I was really sad. She didn't know why I was really sad so she had to ask me but but she decided right then and there that she was going to do something to brighten my day. You know, when that little thing I read you up front about morning is a chance to make somebody's day better. And she made my day better. And here's what she did. When she found out that it was the losing the hair part that was really kind of freaking me out at that moment, she went to the store with her friends and came back with a bottle of platinum blonde hair dye. And she decided in all of her wisdom as a 15-year-old that she was going to take her mother's dark hair and turn it platinum blonde, even if just for a week, because I've always wanted to be a blonde, and why not try it now since I'm only going to have it for a week? Well, you know, you go through the, you go through this process, and I've got this dark hair, and guess what color it turns when 15-year-olds try to dye your hair blonde. What do you think, Bill? Do you remember? Well, you're wearing a <laughs> orange shirt right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's orange. I would call it cream of tomato cream soup. Of tomato or, yeah, soup. That's yeah. about the color that, I remember that some of my hair was. Some of it was more blonde. Some of it was very dark. I look like a calico cat. <laughs> you know? But that was that was Beth's attempt at trying to make me you know, feel better. And then when she saw what color it turned, she goes, well, you're only going to have it for a week, right? <laughs> so, but it was fun. She had fun with her girlfriends doing that. Yeah. And you had fun. I and did. it's a fun memory. And I was covered in, in water. In cancer, I know. losing your hair, you have a fun memory. I know. And I was covered with water. I mean, they splashed me all over the place. But, you know, it was a, it was a fun moment. And, you know, sometimes it's just those little moments. It's not big, giant things that get us through. It's those little moments that get us through. And, and I want to thank Beth for that. And, and Joshua, who was our child, I haven't mentioned yet, he was um, at, at college. And, you know, Joshua's got such a positive spirit about everything. He never doubted for a minute that I would survive that. You know, and just like, oh, mom, you'll, you'll be fine because you're strong. You're going to kick this in the butt. Well, you know, sadly, not everyone does. Um, and I was very fortunate, but I loved his attitude. He never questioned for a minute that I wouldn't be okay. He knew I would be. 
And I, I love him for that because he's just that perpetual, you know, good spirit person. You know? He still is. He still is. Always. These kids don't change. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness, right? He is very strong and positive now. Well, we're going to move on to a different subject now. I want to talk about you, Bill. Um, you know, you are always have been a natural born caregiver. I mean, you were trained as a CNA. You were you worked in, in hospice as a volunteer. You were in your youth. This before I knew you. You were a volunteer firefighter. Um, you've been with an emergency services team down in Florence. Uh, and of course, being a father of five, that kind of throws you into That's it. That's emergency <laughs> services right there. It is. So with all of that training, you know, in emergency services, I know you have a lot of, of tips and ideas. What can you share with our listeners right now um, who are handling that tough message when someone that they love has cancer? How, what can you share with them? Well, communication, communication. Um, it's, it's really important to, to listen. Mm-hmm. Listening is a huge part of communication. By the way, I don't think a spouse or a significant other should avoid or even miss an opportunity to go to an appointment with a doctor if the patient, the spouse, you know, if, if mm-hmm. it's you or if you're open to having that person there, mm-hmm. they should go with you and hear what you're hearing because you can talk about it later. A, a smart person, and I wish I had been smarter, would take a little notebook along and take notes just to remember exactly mm-hmm. what's being said because so much of what goes on, especially post-surgery mm-hmm. being said to the patient might be missed and it's all important yeah it's that's a part of the training I've, I've been fortunate to be in situations where you're required or taught how to respond to mm-hmm. emergency situations or illnesses hospice care is a little more prolonged but there are many complicating things that that you need to be aware of but the most important thing is listen because mm-hmm. you will learn if mm-hmm. you listen. And yeah. without judgment. I think that's really important because when I need to talk to you, I'm not expecting you to fix it. You can't fix everything. Sometimes I just need to vent. Mm-hmm. And you were really good at just hearing what I had to say. Well, and the other thing, you might want to be an advocate, but be careful about what you say. It is your spouse's body and life and treatment that they're going through. They need to hear and understand what their options are, and they need to listen to what the doctor or doctors are uh, recommending Mm -hmm. other caregivers. Mm -hmm. And you're a part of the team. You need to be careful about how much you assert yourself. It's still your wife. In my case, it was still your decision about what was going to happen. And we just had to find the best way to support Mm -hmm. you in that. That's important. I think now, too, with smartphones, Rather than even taking a notepad, ask your doctor if you can just record the conversation because then you can go back and play it and together and make sure that you heard the correct instructions. And so there's there's just a lot more that you can that you can do in that way. But communication so and important. If you have the relationship and you have an incredible doctor, I feel uh, that if I really had something I needed to talk to him about or any of the nurses that you've worked with, I could ask them and yeah. they would talk to me too. They would. And that's important. Um, we mentioned one time when we were talking about this, one of the th- elements of a caregiver is to know how much time and and uh, and in my case, I'm fortunate to have the FMLA, the Family Medical Leave Act available. Mm-hmm. I can take sick time, 
to be with you. Sometimes it's essential. You come home from a, an appointment, you're too groggy to drive. Yeah. Um, or, or you need time to rest and recover after a treatment. Mm-hmm. And it's really important if, if you have it and your human resources department at your office or your workplace might be able to tell you if you can take time off with your own sick leave or vacation time to care for a loved one and do it. Those are moments you can't get back or why would you want to pay someone else to do what you could do and take care of some of the basic needs that Mm -hmm. they have? And it helps. Yeah. And and going back to communication for a moment too, you know, when when you have friends in your circle, you know, not just the doctor, but you know, you've got people around you um, that offer to help. You know, they they offer to help and they want to be there. And wouldn't you agree that just kind of being open to somebody else reaching out? Well, you have you have great friends and you have breast friends, the organization you help co-found with Sharon. Um, you have a support network. Mm-hmm. You can find that. Usually a hospital or a clinic that specializes in cancer already has support groups built into it. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard you say many times, not every support group is the the one best fit for you. So there might be a second or third one right. you want to try. Yeah, because they're, they're all look, different by the personalities of people and, involved. And, I, and in most cases, at least so mm-hmm. far, we've seen that there are support groups for spouses too. Yeah, yeah. And caregivers. Mm-hmm. And that becomes important. Uh, mm-hmm that they have a chance to learn mm-hmm. and to share what's going on in their journey so that they can become better prepared to help mm-hmm. their loved one. Yeah, and I want to reiterate again that tip, you know, when you're talking, what, what tips can you share with people? Remember what you said earlier today, Bill. It is an emotional roller coaster. And when you married the person, you married them for better or for worse. And you did not always see me at my finest hour. Well. You know? <laughs> But you were there for me, and I appreciate that. That's the pledge, that. and uh, it sure comes up out of your heart when you're faced with mm-hmm. something like this. And right. we talked about this before, too. In some marriages, it's an opportunity to rebuild that mm-hmm. trust, that um, relationship, in a way that will help the marriage down the road. So I think all those challenges... Talk, come talk about life. that for a minute. <laughs> Excuse me. It's okay. I can't what mute happens, you or unmute me, too, so <laughs> we're good. What happens, I think, um, in life... In, and in marriage, and this isn't just with cancer patients, when a traumatic experience comes and challenges you, I really believe this is a is an opportunity that God puts in your path so that you will learn to become a stronger person in a stronger marriage. These obstacles are to be overcome, and sometimes you have to use hidden strengths or supernatural strengths to get through these things, but healing is sometimes a supernatural uh, uh, resource that we fail to call upon and I think that when you face uh, difficult challenges like this use every tool in a toolbox mm-hmm. and one of those is going to be not just perseverance but faith mm-hmm. I really believe that yeah. and we've had uh, so many people that we know who are praying for you right now sometimes Becky will say I can feel the prayers I now can. what's going on it's it's yeah. wonderful yeah. but she has a source of confidence that other people are adding to her um, struggle and her victory in this case, we're going to overcome this. Joshua would say that, wouldn't he? He would, (laughs) in a heartbeat. (laughs) And the beautiful thing is um, people express that faith in action in different ways, but one of the ways is just to get in there and pray and and hope for good things, Mm -hmm. and that positivity does help Mm -hmm. your body heal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to say this because I think it's really important. Not everyone has 
belief in the same the same faith we don't all have share the same values in that regard but whatever your your spiritual leaning is whatever that is find that resource you know for yourself and utilize that resource you know we were like we said we're in palm springs and we're ubering it everywhere we don't we don't drive we don't rent a car when we're here um but last night one of our drivers we were talking about Merry Christmas versus Happy Holidays, and he was talking about how he understands the Happy Holidays thing. And Bill, you kind of said it earlier when we were talking. Um, you, you kind of pin, pinpointed that down perfectly. What was it you said? Well, first of all, I love being in America. Mm-hmm. I do. Freedom because of religion. everybody has the freedom to express their faith, or if they don't have faith, to express that too. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it would rob us of part of our joy in and liberty as Americans to say, please don't offend me by saying Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah, or he would say uh, Joyous Saturnus or whatever he was talking <laughs> about. Everybody has a different way of reaching out spiritually. But for me, as a Christian, mm-hmm. I am uh, not going to hide my faith. Right. Christ healed all manner of illnesses. Now, yeah. that's the fellow I'm yeah. going to be near to yeah. in a time like this. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Me yeah. too. You know, and it, I think it's it's just, it's critical that we all be able to share those those moments. And, and I, now correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't it say somewhere that we have freedom of religion, not freedom from religion, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when you hear somebody say Merry Christmas, don't be offended by that. Maybe that's what they believe. So if you believe in something else, say what you believe back. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's that time of year yeah. that we're saying this. And, uh, and we have seen some, uh, beautiful people on this trip too and yeah. and this <laughs> we're enjoying christmas season this yeah. year and maybe it's because of the challenges around us yeah, christmas maybe. is a special time and <clears throat> we're absorbing every positive thing we can draw from christmas one of the reasons we're down here is we went to the comprehensive cancer center here in palm springs and did a tour yesterday and had a chance to visit with them about some of their alternative therapies that they offer and what I was really impressed with and I loved this is that everywhere we turned everywhere we turned in that hospital there were Christmas trees and 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 peace of the season and you know just all these beautiful um, signs of of the reason the reason for the season I guess I remember seeing say. a menorah a yeah menorah and there was a menorah the, mixed in the middle of it and, and, <laughs> all and that's in cool in other words it was very positive yeah and, and very personal and and I love that they that the hospital allowed that what a beautiful center they have here it's really and great pretty, people pretty amazing we yeah so before we we run out of time in this segment I wanted to just kind of talk about something that we don't talk a lot about on this show and it's a little bit tender so I'm we're going to go there and see how comfortable we can stay talking about this but um sexuality you know when yeah. you when we went through this the first time I, I, the reason I said we're going from personal faith to sex I know but well you know it's all related um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we uh, we went through cancer the first time I say we because it does impact the whole family but when you and I went through this the first time you know I was 43 years old you were about the same and um it was a big deal because there's, you know, the sexuality part of marriage is, is really important to be able to, you know, have some degree of closeness. And, you know, for me as the patient, I went through, you know, I had, I had estrogen positive cancer. So they had me on, 
on drugs to remove or reduce the amount of, of estrogen in my body. I went immediately into menopause at 43 years old because the chemotherapy can launch you into early menopause. And, and it was it was really um, a tough time for me for that because I had loss of libido, so my loss of interest. I had dryness, change in hormones, I mean, all those things. And then, add on top of that, my breasts were different now, and I, I had no hair, and I didn't even feel like a woman. It was pretty, it was pretty a tough place to be at a, at a tough time. And for you, you know, you, you still had needs as, as a man and as my husband. And but you well, were... Well, here we go again. I'm going to jump in here because okay. as you're saying those things, I, I remember how beautiful you were when you were bald. And that's true. (laughs) Becky has the most beautiful eyes. um, Although I think you lost your eyebrows too. I did. And my eyelashes. It was so much fun. The funny thing that I remember just going into this is that um, I said that all these things offer challenges for growth. Mm -hmm. One of the things men need to learn is hugs count. They do so much. So we're always thinking of the sexual uh, behaviors, but we have to think about how important hugs are and how mm-hmm. important words are yeah. in expressing love and at that time those were the best options for me to be close to you intimate mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. and i think that it's powerful to be able to to uh, um, becky's not secret boyfriend believe me patrick swayze <laughs> i think what impressed we have her, a dog named swayze <laughs> uh, but she always loved, and maybe millions of women did, how he would gaze into the eyes of his dance partner. And, and so he had eye contact and intensity there. But the point is that your eyes, your mm-hmm. words, mm-hmm. and physical gestures like hugs or mm-hmm. holding hands mm-hmm. or just stroking mm-hmm. your arm gently, mm-hmm. those things are so important in the intimacy of a person recovering from a surgery, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps um, think about radiation and chemotherapy. You. You really have to rest and recover from that. Mm-hmm. It just takes time, but it's also an opportunity to build different dimensions of love that I think every husband and every partner should be aware of uh, that I probably learned a great deal mm-hmm. of when you were going through this. You know, I'm not going to say it on the air because I don't want to embarrass you. And, and, and our grandchildren might and, be listening. And yeah, they might be listening. But, um, but humor was important during that too. And Bill had a couple of really, I mean, like just knock me out of my chair kind of funny comments that he made that actually made their way into my book. But <laughs> so if you're curious, you have to get my book. I'm sorry. But uh, but their humor, it's okay to, to have, you know, fun with it and um, because humor humor matters too. It really it really was helpful. And but honestly, Bill, like, to your point, the cuddling, the snuggling, just the holding each other mm-hmm. during that time can take the place of, of and it still of, does and, and it still does from time to time so um, it's it's important and I think all of those relationships are important well we're going to take a break and we're going to come back on the other side so stay tuned we'll be back in a minute Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. 
please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about how partners can support their loved ones through their cancer journey with our guest, Bill Olson. And Bill, we've had great conversation. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time out to do this with me. This has been more fun than I've imagined. Are you still nervous? Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're doing doing great. So let's kind of jump jump to another, um, kind of get away from... The behind and let's go to the forward now and you know first off let's talk about what have been some of the greatest blessings for you as a spouse going through this with me what do you think first of all I, I do not wish the cancer experience to be a part of any marriage it is a tough one but like all things in life it can be overcome I'm fortunate I, I wake up many mornings now thinking Nothing is impossible to God. Almost my first thought, and I grasp onto that. And it's a good place to go when uh, when you face something like this. Mm-hmm. First of all, the medical science, since you and I first ran into this problem head on, and you were so young and we had so many things going on in our lives, has changed dramatically. So you can have faith that there's a, an opportunity for healing. The other thing is, you did this from the very beginning and you continue to do it. You continue to set goals out in front of yourself, life dreams that you wanted to see happen. And you know, it's so exciting to see you overcome those and be a part of them. I was with you um, yesterday when one came to fruition and other things that you've set your mind on, uh, one ahead of us that I know you have many friends working on right now. You've spoken in 32 states, yep. which I've been with you on many of those trips, and you have 18 more to go, and I know I want to go to Montana. <laughs> I know. And I also want to go to Hawaii. <laughs> yes, we, we definitely so want we that So we have our one. favorites. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'd like to get down south again 
but our kids are spread all around the country, so yeah. we have a chance maybe to see them on some of these trips. Too. Do you mind if I stop you for just a minute yeah. and kind of reiterate on that a little bit? So back in the very beginning when I went through this the first time, I sat down and created my list of things to do before I die. They hadn't come up with that movie, The Bucket List, yet, so now it's my bucket well, list. You call but, it Bucket List. <laughs> but it's, it was my list of things I wanted to do or accomplish in my lifetime before I died. And I kept that list to myself for quite a long time. And um, then I learned something really, really valuable about a list like that. And I recommend anybody who's going through cancer, make a list of things you've always wanted to do and, and then start taking baby steps. But the key to making a bucket list work, there's two things. One, first, write it down. Mm-hmm. And then second, and most important, is share it with somebody you trust. Because when you share that bucket list with somebody, now you've got two people working to make it happen, you and the other person. And then synergy kind of kicks in. And, and synergy is where the, let's see, the total of the, the sum is not equal to the parts or something. So Yeah, the, it, the sum is greater than the parts. Thank you. <laughs> it was something like that. But when Bill found out years ago that one of my goals was to um, spend a week at a bed and breakfast in Vermont in the fall with him, um, I hadn't told him about that. It had been on my bucket list for some time. And right away, when he saw that, it was like, oh, we can do that. By the end of that night, we had our airfare and we had our location all purchased. I mean, we just went online and did it. And and we did. We It was in October. We went to Vermont and we spent a week there. And then we found out that Portland, Maine was only four hours away. So we cut our trip there short and drove over to Portland, Maine. But um, it it's nice because he got excited about my bucket list too. So now something on my bucket list is I want to speak in all 50 states before I die. And I've spoken in 32 of them. So now he's on a mission to help me get in the other 18 states. And well, and we're calling on everyone, everyone in Radio Land to, <laughs> and Podcastville to uh, help us with that. If you're interested, get a hold of Becky Olson Speaks.com. Isn't that the website? Um, no, use Becky Olson.com. We're Becky kind of Olson. revamping com. that. But the, that the thing is, it, it, first of all, she's a marvelous speaker. Oh, thanks. She is. And um, I would love to accompany her if possible on some of these trips. The other thing, we're taking some time right now to do something that our kids have added to the list, so to speak. And there are alternative forms of treating cancer. But um, for example, they talk about mindfulness, mindfulness, mindfulness. I did a yoga class with my daughter in Boston recently, and it was very relaxing. I thought, Becky needs to do this. It's a stress reliever. For an hour, you're relaxing in a fruitful, healthful way. And so she added that to our list. Our son Joshua and uh, Nikki in Georgia have been talking about mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we haven't, and I think in our generation really Mm -hmm. didn't appreciate, is how important it is to live in the moment. Mm -hmm. Sounds selfish to me for a while. What about the future? Well, the future will get here soon enough. (laughs) Whether you're thinking about it right now or not. What about the past? That really bothers me. You know what? It's the past. It's the past. Yeah. And but living in the moment and absorbing as much possible at the time and being aware of what's mm-hmm. going on around you, the people around you. Um, we're learning that this week with a recommendation from your doctor to finish uh, to visit this clinic in the desert. And so I think there's things we can learn mm-hmm. and that will help us through this journey, this fifth battle. But it's all important. It's all important. And it, to me, it gets right back to that beginning where we're talking about love, honor, and cherish. I love you. 
uh, to honor you, I have to be a part of what you're going through. And to cherish you, I get to. Isn't that the fun part? <laughs> it is for me. Well, it is for me, too. I mean, we get great meals together and great walks together yeah. and great experiences together. Yeah. We've seen some wonderful things in life together. Hang in there, people. When it gets tough, keep on going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I heard another saying one time. It says, I can't remember it, so I won't say it. <laughs> Yeah, they come to my mind for like a split second. I've got something I wanted to say to you. <laughs> okay, what? It was that Bambi movie, and people want oh. Bambi. Bambi's a Disney movie, and our son Elijah works at ABC Disney in Burbank. So we walk through a part of the studio where Walt Disney used to have an office, and all these beautiful old drawings mm-hmm. of those movies from the 30s uh, that, that got Disney off the ground, including Bambi later on. Uh, one of them was Thumper, a little bunny, and mm-hmm. I call Becky Bunny Love. A little bunny named Thumperhead said something unkind, and his mother said, you remember Thumper? He says, yes, mama. It was basically, (laughs) um, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. (laughs) And and so what that comes to mind is sometimes... uh, you got to withhold what you're thinking and saying. Yeah. On the other hand, just go for it. Be bold. Yeah. Be bold. And we're learning all that all yeah. over again. Well, we've only got a couple minutes left. Um, so I want you to talk about parting words for our listeners. Well, we're <clears> hoping <throat> that people listening right now who are in a situation or an opportunity to be caregivers for someone that's significant or even a friend, um, and that word bold just jumps to mind, uh, be a hero, get involved. Ask questions, listen carefully, mm-hmm. apply the skills that you do have, pick up skills that you don't have. That's good for mm-hmm. you in life later on. And the most important thing we're talking about, this is the Christmas season. Uh, be be kind to each other in the mm-hmm. stressful situations. Yeah. Be kind and loving. Mm-hmm. And that's the bottom line in life, yeah. isn't it? Be yeah. kind and loving. It is. And I and, and I, heal. <laughs> <laughs> heal. And you do pray for me to heal. I so I we I love that. I love that. Here. So so those are all really um, really good tips. And you know, just I think a real key there is just to be able to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't fix this. And what I know. Did you say? Listen. <laughs> Listen, but I know, I know, and your your it's your nature to want to fix it. I know mm-hmm. that because that's who you are. You know, you you see a problem, you're really good with a wrench and a hammer, and you want to fix it. And so, fixing this is so much part of your DNA. But it's not something that you can necessarily fix. So the best way, from my perspective, and you do it, you do it well, is to listen to my concerns, listen to what I have to say, and do it without judgment. Give me a hug when I'm done yakking about it. Let me just vent and get it off my chest. And and then vent. I mean, let me vent. You don't vent. <laughs> but support me with that hug and that, that expression in your face and, you know, those, those things. And for those who are listening who don't have a partner, join a support group like you heard earlier or call Breast Friends uh, for emotional support. We can we can do a lot of good over the phone. So so for the rest of you who listen to us on a regular basis, we are out of time. We'd love you to share our story. Um, oh, apparently I have more time than I thought. <laughs> okay, that seems right. Thanks, Aaron. My engineer just sent me a note. I thought we were out of time, but we still have four minutes. Left. Four minutes? <laughs> I know. We, then could we can t- say Merry, Merry Hanukkah, Happy Christmas. We could say that, and, yeah. And, and, and uh, I, I do want to get back on that. Christmas is a spiritual time it for is. our family. It is. It's a spiritual time for many people, but it's also a lonely time. Yeah. If you think about that, those bells ringing out there for the Salvation Army right now kind of remind us that we can do things for others. 
even if you don't have a faith community that you're involved in, think about supporting a charity at year's yeah. end. Yeah. And I'm going to make a plug for Breast Friends okay. and this radio show, yes. which can be supported financially. That's yes. important. It is. But yeah. whatever your heart's speaking to you at year's end, remember some of those gifts that you can give right now have uh, organizations attached to them. They really could use your support. Think about making a year-end gift mm-hmm. that's significant or volunteering your time mm-hmm. or making a commitment to volunteer mm-hmm. your time, especially you young people. I don't have money. Okay, you've got time. And so get out there and find an organization you can support. Yeah. And that's Christmas. That's yeah. Christmas. Yeah, it is. Uh, to that note, I do want to say something, though, because this comes up every year. Make sure that if you do get a solicitation to support an organization that you know of the organization, research it. If it's something you haven't heard of, but it's got a, it's got a buzzword in there for you, like if it says anything about breast cancer, make sure that you know who the organization is. There's ways you can check through GuideStar and, and some other resources. Just make sure that the organization is reputable and that they're really going to do what they say they're going to do with the money uh, because there's there's a lot of shenanigans going on this time of year which is very unfortunate but they rely on people's good hearts follow your heart give the best of you knowing not what you do will be done for you later on good one yeah that's a song i wrote yeah (laughs) (laughs) well yeah this is this is all really good so i want to let you know that for the now this is airing on december 18th i don't know when you're going to be listening to it but if you plan to join us for the next two weeks they will be recorded shows because next week is christmas and the wednesday after that is new year's day and we don't record live shows on those two days um so you'll be tuning into to a replay but we really hope that you enjoy the holiday season you know be with the people that you love um spend time with your family yes and um and god bless you all Yep, <laughs> definitely. So with all of that, um, again, like Bill said, we Breast Friends does re- rely on uh, donations from from the community, and we really need your support to keep this program going. Um, and this program is available through many, many platforms. It's pushed out to all the major podcast platforms. If you are an avid listener and you listen to us all the time, Please make sure your friends know about us. Um, share the links with them so that they can go online and listen to us as well. Um, if you know someone who should be a guest on our show, they can go to breastfriends.org and there's actually an online application to fill out and become a guest on our show. Um, we're looking, always looking for inspirational stories or educational moments. We have a global audience and we've got around, uh, we had about 250,000 uh on-demand episodes listened to this year alone, which is very exciting. Yeah, share the program, especially We've, if you're in Montana and Hawaii. Yes, and Utah and Wyoming, and <laughs> there's a whole bunch on the East Coast as well. But um, we'd love to come and speak, you know, to your favorite groups there. So, so anyway, we're kind of rambling because we thought we were out of time, and then we found out we weren't out of time. So, so bear with us on that. But um, again, we do need your support. So, we will be back in three weeks. Until then, remember, there is always hope and we are here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope and we are here to help you find it. 
We'll talk again next time.